Hi, and welcome to another episode of Raising His Kids, a podcast for stepmoms. We're your hosts. I'm Lauren, a child-free stepmom of one, hoping for an hour's baby soon. And I'm Tony, a bio mom of two and a stepmom of two. We are two stepmoms who, although we live at opposite ends of the world, quickly bonded over how we all deal with the same Karen as we navigate our lives raising his kids. I wanted to touch on with the feelings. I thought it would be the perfect time to talk about second wife syndrome. Oh, yes, that is a good one, because that kind of like goes into like what I was thinking anyway, because I know we've talked about it before. One of like the hardest things for me has been the second wife thing. So it's been hard for me. And I know there was a time where I became obsessed about it. Oh, yeah, me too. I almost ended my relationship over it. Yeah, like I was (laughs) I was so obsessed. And like when we're going through court, I was probably even more obsessed because I was trying to make my household this nuclear family, which I now realize just because I grew up that way doesn't mean that every blended family has to be that way. So I, I growing just, up that way probably makes it really hard though. Like you know it's possible. Well, I do. And I think I think that's where it's different for me because in like my older brother and sister's mom, although she was around, she wasn't they didn't do shared custody or anything like that. Like they visited her on school holidays and stuff. She lived in a different state. And my first time around being a stepmom the bio mom wasn't in the picture either so it was easy right yeah it does make it a lot easier (laughs) it it really does and it just it makes it hard and some people we all have this fantasy because you see the posts all the time no one grew up and goes I can't wait to grow up and be a stepmom yeah we all have this fantasy of having a nuclear family and being the second wife is definitely something that I think a lot of people struggle with and I don't think they realize that there's a name for it. Right. So I feel like if I had come across that when I first like started looking for stepmom content, because that's why I started my blooming stepmom page was because I couldn't find anything that related to me. Um, Since starting that, I have found a lot of pages and a lot of cool people like you. But um, before that, like I couldn't find anything. Like everything I found was about like, these like perfect step families and it just like drove me nuts I still really struggle because I haven't found anyone who's in a situation exactly like mine like there are people out there like that do have like they have yours they have mine there are people that have yours mine ours but they don't have the conflict that goes with it so I find Um, and like, I've recently really bonded with another bio mom, which let's face it, I am a bio mom. I was a bio mom before I was a stepmom, and she, I've bonded with her recently because she has a high conflict stepmom. So, oh, and I don't, I don't think she's a stepmom, but she, she's got, um, children with her new partner and it just, I find like I haven't found, I created my page because I couldn't find any content that related directly to my situation. And it's always, you know, this childless stepmom or, you know, it's very rarely that the situation that I found, I don't, I don't think there is a single yours, mine, ours 
page that I've actually found. And if you are out there and you're following me and I haven't interacted with you, please send me a DM because I probably just haven't realized. Yeah. Now that you say that, I don't know, like all the stepmoms I talked to, I don't think they're in that situation either. But honestly, even if they have like the basics, like I know a lot of child-free stepmoms, but none of them, like none of us are in like the exact same situation. Like either they don't have the conflict or like they have something else different. It's like, I say it all the time that every single stepmom, like life, I hate the word journey, but that's the only word I can think of right now. All like the stepmom journeys are different. Like there are no two that are like the same. No. And it is a journey. Like even though you said you hate it, it is a journey. This life. Yeah. <laughs> like, we could just refer to it as the stepmom roller coaster. Yeah, I like that better. You're <laughs> it is a journey though. I just feel like that word gets so overused with everything and I hate to use it. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's call it the roller coaster. I like that. Okay. And it is. So the notes that I made on second wife syndrome with some Googling and part of it is my feelings as well is from what I read as well is that you might be suffering from second wife syndrome if you're feeling insecure about the relationship between your spouse and their ex. I know for me, I was very, well, I've spoken about it before. My husband lived a whole life with his ex-wife before me. They were together yeah. for 20 years. So I was very insecure about that. I remember the first time we went on an overseas holiday was to Fiji and that's where they got married. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but I, I'd always wanted to go to Fiji, so I didn't want to let that deter me. And my husband spent a lot of his childhood there, so I pushed that aside. But my one condition was that we weren't allowed to stay anywhere that he'd stayed with his ex-wife because I was still so insecure because we were still so new in our relationship whereas now the last time we went to Fiji we stayed in the same place that he'd stayed with his ex-wife and with Big J but I didn't care right and I don't know if that's so one year thing versus a five-year thing in the relationship I think so I think you get a lot more secure as time goes on like I used to be really insecure about it but now I'm I mean much more secure in our relationship and everything. And once you have a baby with them, I feel like, obviously I can't speak on that yet, but I feel like that changes things too. Like it makes your like relationship like cement, like you're never going to not be a part of this person's life now. Well, we were trying to conceive Lil K when we went to Fiji for the first time. So I think that's also a part of me why I didn't want to stay somewhere that he'd stay with his ex-wife. Fair enough. <laughs> but one of the Fair other things, I listed was getting offended easily, um, especially when you're not consulted about decisions that you feel you should have a say in. Mm-hmm. That was a big fight between me and my husband. Like, there's a fine line between what you get a say in and what you don't need to have a say in. And I, yeah, and I feel this is where, and I'm talking from a bio mom's perspective here now is where bio moms get offended and use the whole stepmoms overstepping. Right. It does come from a place of insecurity. Like you you want to control the whole situation, but you can't. Right. But you should have some say in some things. Like I'm a big believer in that. It's your life too. And just because they have kids, if you don't, that doesn't mean you don't get a say in anything. Absolutely. And especially like you can't, when you first get into a relationship with someone with a child, 
you can't demand that the parenting plan or the core arrangements change. Right. So that even if you're like seasoned, you can't really demand that. No, but the point that I was getting to was like when you're first in a relationship, you can't get offended by the fact that you weren't consulted because you weren't around. Right. Whereas when you're seasoned and you're you're in the thick of it, that's where you get a say, but you don't go attack biomum with your demands. You talk to your husband or boyfriend, whatever he is, your partner. Yes. You talk to them and go, you know what? I think that we could have the kids 50-50 or kid 50-50. What are your thoughts? Or, you know what, I'm not coping having the child here 50% of the time or whatever that may be, you should be able to talk to your significant other about it. Yeah. But being offended about plans that were made before you came into the picture, you know, that that's a big red flag for second wife syndrome. It is. Yeah. And you can be not happy about the plans that were made, but you definitely can't be offended. Where I think being offended comes in is like short-term things. Like we used to fight about it when our relationship was newer because my husband would like, well, my then boyfriend would like commit to like, oh, like we'll take him this week or whatever, but like didn't talk to me about it at all. And that like bugs me. And he's like, oh, well, I wasn't really thinking because you can like, like you don't have to be there. It's like, no, I don't, but I would still like to know when my house is going to be occupied. Like, so that caused a lot of like arguments between us where I had that like issue where I wasn't being like, none of my feelings or thoughts were being taken into consideration for a while. And we had to set that boundary. That was my next note, which was feeling of being put last before the stepkids and biomom. Yeah. Um, And I had that. I still have that sometimes and it's a work in progress, but mine's more to do with the fact that I see red flags in children's behavior and it took a while for my husband to also see it, but then because he hates conflict, he refuses to fight Karen on it. My husband's the same way. It's really hard. (laughs) So that's where, like, I've just started taking a step back. You know, I have no control over that situation. I need to focus on my bio kids in this situation and what do what's Mm. best for them. And, you know, that's, you know, it's, it comes down to that lack of control that we all feel. Yes. I just made a blog post on that yesterday. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I saw that. We all at times feel like we have a lack of control. Um, We do really. We do. And then, which brings me to my, my next dot point, which was feelings of being stuck or trapped, which I sometimes too, but it's how you see the perspective that you change on it. Like so true. Yes. The perspective that you take on it, sorry, and how you go about changing that. If you stay stuck and stay trapped, then that's definitely, you know, a red flag that you're suffering from second wife syndrome. Whereas if you're willing to work out what you can do to change those feelings. Right. Yeah, that is definitely true. And I think we've all gone through that because it is so easy to fall in 
to like being stuck or trapped. And people don't realize you have to like make an effort to get out of that or you make an effort to not get into that place, which would be even better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, my husband and I still talk about it sometimes. We both feel trapped. We're stuck living where we live because we're halfway between my bio son's dad and his bio son's mother, you know, right. and we can't move anywhere because otherwise the places that we want to move will impact one or both of the custody schedules, which just, you know, so those feelings are stuck and trapped. You know, we have a plan and it's when the kids finish high school, at least the boys, Lil K will be ready to start high school. So then we'll look at moving and, you know, just focusing on our family of three then because they're all going to be out of high school. So Right. (laughs) But if you dwell on I can't do this and I can't do that and you don't actually do anything to fix it, then you're definitely trapped. Yeah. And I mean that, like, I feel like we could do a whole episode on communicate with your partner because when people like come into my DMs, that's always the first thing I say, have you talked to your partner about this? But expressing those feelings to your partner is also important. Like I know sometimes it's like, it feels like it's not necessary because he can't do anything about it. But I feel like him, like knowing how you feel and trying to help you not feel stuck makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, I mean, I live away from my family. Um, I moved away, so I'm not blaming them or like my husband or anything. But when I moved here, I never expected to stay here forever. So now that I met him here, I can't move back. So like, this is like where I stay. And I knew that when we started dating, Although, to be honest, I thought that it would be very casual, but that's okay. And um, so I knew that when I made all these decisions that I wouldn't be able to move back if I stayed. So, like, you can't really place that blame on him, even though I did feel stuck. Yeah, but you changed your situation, like, and you changed your feelings and your approach on that. So that's that's the difference between second wife right. and just having that feeling of being stuck. Yeah, yeah. You're right. I suffered from second wife syndrome really badly, though. So, who any whoever's going through it, I definitely understand that. We we've both been through it, and we can both talk to you about it. And it's easy, like it's easy to fall down the rabbit hole. Yes, and, and you just start spiraling. But you've got to do the work to get out. And it's like I was talking to one of my stepmom friends that I met through my blended chaos account, and that's where I. I really um, picked up the the stuck trapped thing and she was talking about how she feels that she's stuck because she feels guilty if if they were to plan a family holiday because their schedule, or for starters, their Karen would not allow them to take the kids away and then it should feel guilty if they went away without the kids. Right. I I completely understand her feelings on that because I know we're going to have to deal with the same thing. Absolutely. And I know you're kind of stuck in that situation now. And that's why I wanted to bring it up because I wanted to let her know because I know she listens to our podcast. And I wanted, even though I've told her that she's not alone and it's a normal feeling that, you know, she's not alone. Oh, absolutely not. I feel like a lot of bio moms don't let their kids leave 
the state or country or whatever with their dad sometimes purely out of spite but I don't know what other reason she would have like in my case she's okay leaving him with us for two weeks as long as he's at our house if we wanted to take him to my family's house that's all of a sudden a no or if we wanted to take him to like a camping thing that's outside of state which we live on a state border so out of state is like an hour away and there's like camping there so that is completely out of the question and it's just like it just makes no sense why we're not allowed to so um i know that when we start doing like family vacations with our like ours babies it's going to be a whole thing and we're going to have to deal with that conflict and i'm already dreading it we see for us it's we kind of we've already done many weekends away with miss k without the boys we did our first real big family vacation and it was a fight on my situation to be able to take big K away, but we got there in the end. But thankfully for us that Karen likes to do international travel. So she knew that for her to be allowed to do international travel, she had to allow us to do international travel. I mean, that helps for sure. (laughs) Yeah. And I guess if and when you and your husband go back to court, that's something that you can put in there. Like, why is it okay for her, but not for you? Especially now that he's older, has a phone, you know. Yeah. (laughs) Right. It's like, we'll start with out of state. Like if we could just take him like on a little weekend trip or something, but like, I'm a big traveler and I want my own bio kids to be like well-traveled and cultured. I would feel like insane guilt if we brought them places and we couldn't bring my stepson just because his mom didn't want him to go. So she takes him on like trips to like Disney World or SeaWorld, um, which is fine. And I know kids love that, but I am like a believer in having culture. We never went anywhere when I was a kid. Once I turned 18, I've been to like 15 countries. So I'm like, now I want my kids to be cultured like that and experience that. He's not going to get that with her. And I feel like I know he's not my kid, but I would still like him to have that culture too. And I know he would like it. Absolutely. And you you also don't want him to feel like he's any less a part of the family. You know, you don't want him to be taking like his sibling on a holiday, but he's not coming. Right. And how do you explain that? You can't like you can't just up and say like your mom won't let you go. Right. Like, I don't know. (laughs) Well, you could. (laughs) When when we had (laughs) getting Big K's passport signed by his father. I said, I said, you need to explain to your dad that you want to go on this holiday. I said, because at the end of the day, we've booked this holiday. And if he's not going to sign the paperwork, you can't legally leave the country, which means that you have to stay with him. And I don't know if it's just people probably come at me again for my approach, but I explain things to my child so that he knows that, you know, there's a reason why. And you know, he kept talking about to his dad that he wanted to go on this holiday. And I spoke to his father about it. And when he realized I wasn't going to flee the country and go live in a third world country, basically, he was okay with it. But what I wanted to say before is like, I don't feel guilty if big and little Jay can't come on family holidays with us. And I guess it's because I know they do a lot with their bio mom. So true. You know, they're 
they're about to go to the UK for three weeks at some point this year. And yeah, so I know they're not missing out, but I do feel guilty if we were to do something and Big K can't come because his dad hasn't made any like attempt to do anything like that with him. So it just, I feel guilty if he can't come, but I don't feel guilty if he can't come. But then my husband, on the other hand, he is 100%. He he doesn't want to take one of the boys or two of the boys. It's we take all or none of them. But he's quite happy to take um, little K away without all of the boys. Oh, really? Yeah. So he's okay to take her because he's like, well, why should she miss out just because we don't have the boys? You're right. But he, he doesn't think that we should go away with Big K and not the two J's or vice versa, which I kind of get that. But at the same time, I said to him, if, you know, when the boys are going on a holiday with their mum and they're going for extra time, does that mean that we can't continue living our lives and we can't book a family vacation? It's not our fault that they're going on a holiday with their mum. So why can't Big right. K in that situation? He hadn't thought about it like that before. Like, you know, we can't stop our lives because of them. Right. Because, I mean, then Big K misses out because they little J can't go. Exactly. And so he did see it that way. But I said to him, like, it would never be, let's take this son, but not this son. It's more if if one can't go because they're with their other parent, but the other can go or whatever, that's a different situation to picking and choosing which son gets to come. Oh, it is for sure. Yeah. And it's like, if their other parent isn't letting them go there's nothing you can do about it and that's what like we've said too for future like vacations and stuff it's like we'll always try to bring him but if he can't go like our kids shouldn't miss out on that just because he can't so we're gonna have to find a a nice way to say it's your mom's fault that you're not going (laughs) because we don't want him to think that we're intentionally leaving him out either that's like a whole other thing well that's it and you know the way I just explained that I said it to Big K, I didn't say it so abruptly. I said it in a child. Right, of um, course. You know, there's ways to say things child appropriate and still tell them the truth. And I feel children are more accepting of the truth. And there's a difference between oh, yeah. truth and alienating. Right. Okay. There's, it's one thing to say, you know, we did ask your mom if you could come on this family trip, but unfortunately she didn't feel comfortable with it. Right. So maybe next time you can come on the trip. Like that, that that's a child appropriate way to say it. I right. Think. Yeah, I agree. All right. So let's get into the listener feelings. Okay. All right. I had to put as number one, the one that I shared to our story, which I just thought is a good lighthearted one that all of us can relate to, which is, I don't know the name, but feeling like your partner is dumb for being with a high conflict person. Oh, yeah. I have questioned my husband's decisions on that so many times. <laughs> all the time. All the time. I just, yeah. I think. But in their defense, they're not usually high conflict at first. Like my husband's ex is like, she'll trick you. She seems so nice in person. And then and I've known other people like this in life too, where after like they get you trapped is when they turn into like this crazy person. So I oh, kind of understand, but sometimes I'm just like, oh my God, what were you thinking? Yeah, I, I do it all the time. 
like, and then I, and he goes, I don't know. And I'm like, but you stayed in it for 20 years. Oh my God. Yeah. That's, that's really hard. Yeah. Man, he must've been miserable. That's crazy. Well, what's even funnier that goes on to just show that she's always been a little bit, let's just use the word conflict. Like she likes a little bit of conflict is like I said to him, if you never wanted to get married, then why did you marry her? And he said, well, I felt like I didn't have an option. She came home one day and she had bought her own engagement ring with my credit card. What? That should have been the biggest red flag not to marry her. <laughs> so I just, yeah, I give, I give him so much shit about that all the time. Like, I'm like, really? <laughs> How long were they together before they got engaged? I think well, until she proposed to herself. I think they were together for at least five years. I think his timeline is all off because he has no concept of time. He can't even remember how long we've been together. <laughs> like, and I think it throws him off because of how long we've known each other compared to how long we've been together. But I remember when he first filed for divorce because they were separated before we got together. But in Australia, you've got to be separated for over 12 months before you can apply for divorce. Um, too. And he he got the dates of when they first moved in together wrong and everything like that. And she got so mad at him. Well, I mean, I couldn't even tell you the date that I moved in together with my husband. Yeah. I mean, I could do the math and figure out a year, but I definitely couldn't tell you what month. I I can tell you exactly the day because I refused to live with him because I I was a single mom on my own killing it at life and I loved my own space for the first time in my life yeah. I loved my own space and he'd asked me to move in with him several times and I kept saying no <laughs> Good for he, you. he asked me to marry him and I kept saying no and then uh, also because I didn't take him seriously because it'd be like in bed and he'd be like I think you should marry me <laughs> and I'm like no that's not happening and then it got to the point where he just he kept telling me he's like you need to marry me <laughs> Um, but so when we moved in together it was actually when we got the keys to the house that we bought together so you know that's how I remember which is four years this year I'm gonna say it's the year that uh little K was born right so you could just do it by her age well no that's what throws me off so it's the year we got married so we got this in January we got married in November she was born the following January so that's where it throws me off because in such a short period of time so I have to actually sit there and do the math but yeah it's been four years but I know the exact date because it's the day we got the keys I think that's different when you buy a house because in my situation it's like he just moved into my house so I don't know but if we bought a house together I'd probably remember that yeah absolutely but I think we all feel that way about questioning our partner's previous decisions absolutely even now like I question it and it's like even I question his decisions like his co-parenting decisions that he made prior to us getting together going what were you and why would you agree to that it makes no sense right and then you know him and I have a discussion about it and he'll go oh yeah, I need to change that. And then that just causes drama because he's trying to make a change. Right. So that's how we ended up in court. <laughs> right. 
I know my um my husband's ex hit her whole family is high conflict. So he'll tell me like stories about that. And I'm like, and you still married her and procreated with her. Why? Like I don't understand at all. It makes me like question all of his decisions. I'm like, am I this crazy? Because you chose to marry me too. Oh yeah, I say things exactly the same. It's almost like we're talking about the exact same life. And so that we <laughs> I met a couple of Karen's sisters at one of Big J's football games and he's told me, my husband's told me stories about them. So I was getting so anxious. Like it was like my hands were sweating. I just didn't want to do it. I was having a panic attack. And then they seemed completely normal. I don't know if that was a front because they were meeting me for the first time, but it's just like I have this image of you in my head of these crazy high conflict stories that you've told me. Right. So our second listener, which this one I also relate to, even though I was a bio mom first, which is FOMO of bio parent only moments. Yeah, I could see that. I don't really relate to it as much because we haven't really had any yet. Like he hasn't had like a graduation or anything. So, well, this might give away who sent this one in, but what about a first tooth? No. Um, I mean, yeah, he lost his first tooth with his mom, but I hate teeth. They creep me out. So I'm like, that's fine. You can have that one. <laughs> Fair enough. But, but I know I know who you're talking about and my heart goes out to her because I know she wanted that so badly. Exactly. And, you know, with her situation, like, and her stepkids' needs, it's very unlikely she's ever going to experience those first so I get it right yeah you know I still grieve that I miss the beginning of Big and Little J's life you know right yeah like I am so excited that next week I get the first day of high school oh you do I do that's awesome so for me I am ecstatic so I can relate to that you know I right he he's the oldest son in our house. So, you know, we got the first, well, I got the first primary school graduation and now I get the first day of high school and he's actually in our care on the first day of high school, which is just, it's got me very excited. So. Oh, that's uh, awesome. So he'll like come home to you and like tell you about his first day and everything. Absolutely. So I'm, I am so excited, but I can relate to that. Even being a bio mom first, I can relate to the FOMO of missing out on those firsts. Yeah, Um, I could definitely see that. And I can only imagine how much harder it would be for a childless stepmom and whatever their situation is, whether it's childless by choice or by circumstance, that would still be hard to miss out on all that stuff. And, you know, think you're going to get it and then it happens in the other household. That would be devastating. Like I put in so much work getting Big J into special classes and stuff to help him excel at high school because he does have learning difficulties. And I'm the one who put in the legwork. I took him to his orientations. I've been the one meeting with teachers. I would be devastated if he wasn't in our care on the first day of high school. Like that would rip my heart out basically. So I, I can definitely understand that. 
I mean, I guess you could say that we felt that way with Christmas, even though technically we got him for like two hours on Christmas, but we were supposed to have him the whole day. So that was kind of like, I mean, I don't know if it was FOMO, but it sucked and it was horrible. So, I I mean, I guess you could say that falls into that. It would be because neither you or your husband have ever experienced a Christmas with tea, like a proper Christmas, waking up, Santa, the whole lot, like. And you were so excited. And then it got ripped from you because Karen changed her mind. Yep. I know. It's like, I know. And I feel bad for my husband because he's never had that because they separated before he had his first Christmas. So like he's never once had a Christmas with him where he like woke up and he played Santa and all that. So that was definitely a little FOMO there for especially him. I just feel so bad for him. Yeah, I just, I'm still devastated for you guys. Like, so listener number three wrote her feelings. She sometimes feels accomplishment, pride, love, grief, resentment, stress, and anxiety. I'm glad to see some um, positive ones in there. Absolutely. So I'm glad that this listener is seeing the positives and not just focusing on the negatives because that's my goal for this year. Yeah, I know. I've had to work really hard at that. But I do feel like grief is like an important one to talk about because it kind of puts them all together because like these are all things that you're like having to grieve about for the most part. It's Mm -hmm. like having to grieve the fact that you're never going to have like a nuclear family is a real thing. And I feel like people don't talk about that enough. Like you're never going to have the life you thought you were going to have and you have to grieve it because you lost that I mean I guess you didn't technically lose it but you lost the dream of it absolutely and like even take my situation for example I grew up in a blended family that functioned like a nuclear family right when I created this blended family I grieved what I thought the blended family would be right so yeah that's true that's yeah And I mean, it's like you have to, when you get divorced or have like a big breakup or whatever, you have to grieve that because you're like losing the idea that you're going to spend forever with them. And it's kind of the same concept. Like you have to grieve the idea that you're not going to have this life you thought you were going to have. Yeah, absolutely. I probably won't get to read all nine listener things because I'm just looking at the time and thinking we might run out of time. And I really want to hear what um, Stepmom's Anonymous Maybe we just do one more and I have screenshots on my phone so we can share all of these in our stories when we release the episode. Okay. Do you have one to pick? I don't know. I mean, they're all good. Or Defeated. That's a good one too. All right. Well, let's do, let's jump to Defeated and anyone who we haven't talked about your feelings, it's not that we didn't want to, we just ran out of time, but we will talk about it in our stories. So make sure you pay attention to that. Defeated, I just... I get it. I feel defeated currently with the situation I'm in. Like, I feel like you must feel that way as a bio mom sometimes too, though. Like, even if you have a nuclear family, bio parents have to feel defeated too, right? Absolutely. Like, I feel defeated with Big K. I feel defeated by Lil J. And currently, I also feel defeated by Lil K because she's turned into the biggest turdler. And it's refusing to sleep. I was up until midnight last night with her. Oh, no. I can currently hear her. My husband is asleep in the bedroom and she's in there with him. You can hear her? I can hear her and she's waiting for me to come in because she will refuse to fall asleep unless she falls asleep on me at the moment. 
and it's doing my head in. So oh, no. yeah, bio mums feel defeated. Um, but the stepmom who wrote this in, I know her situation and, you know, there's like, there's a history of abuse with the children and even that wasn't enough when they went through family court. Oh, like no, that's horrible. The Karen in her situation is abusive. Like she got to the point where she put a restraining order against her. That's crazy. And like every time this stepmom dyes her hair, Karen dyes her hair the same color. And she even went as far as she bought her. So Karen bought herself a replica of this stepmom's engagement ring. Oh my God. That is so creepy. Yeah. So that is bizarre. Oh my God. So I definitely understand why she feels so defeated right now. And like you said, we all feel defeated at sometimes. Like there's just little right. things. Like I'm sure at Christmas time you would have felt defeated. Oh yeah. I feel defeated in stepmotherhood fairly often. Yeah. Especially with like a high conflict bio parent that you have to like deal with every time you need anything that has to do with your stepson or your stepkids. It's like, it's always a feeling of defeat. Yeah. I feel constantly defeated and it's just, I have done, I feel like I've done nothing but fight for the last two years. And that's why I made my goal for this year to focus on the positives because if if I don't focus on the positives the negatives are going to crush me yes the negatives will eat you alive for sure yeah well do you want to read me stepmoms anonymous yes okay so this came through on like my blooming stepmom page um I'm excited so she says how do you deal with a bio mom who dismisses everything bio dad says through text or email saying it's really stepmom my husband's ex has started replying to his emails by addressing me it's so weird and childish it's just a slap in the face and just another way to undermine him and it's spilling over into our exchanges in the form of icy reception and glares our biggest concern is that she's going to somehow try to use this delusion against my husband in court both sides have motions pending so I said, that's so frustrating because I was like, we need more context. So I was like, it's so frustrating. Is it actually him sending them? And if it's not, do you know what makes her think it's you? Before you answer that, can I just say, I felt like maybe this was Karen 2.0 writing this until you read the bit about how the emails are being sent aimed at stepmom. Whereas even though I have the feeling that Karen 2.0 is the one communicating to me through the parenting app I still write them as if I'm writing them to my son's father oh yeah I mean that makes sense like I wouldn't I wouldn't start addressing Karen 2.0 but anyway so I just I had to say that because that was my initial thought okay I don't think so because I've spoken to her before so I don't I don't think it's her (laughs) but yeah uh that is weird though (laughs) yeah um so then she answers and says I'm aware of the message and we discuss the content sometimes which we've talked about is perfectly normal um and i will encourage him in terms of tone or make suggestions for clarity english isn't hit um isn't his first language um according to her him sending them on an email sorry according to her him sending an email while he's on a trip is suspicious and means it's me him taking time to share his opinion means it's me him remembering details means it's me she has also accused him 
of somehow manipulating our son's teacher into calling a parent-teacher conference to share concerns about said son's behavior. Wow. This is a bio mom issue and it has nothing to do with stepmom or bio dad. No. Yes, she's definitely a Karen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I mean, it's just like so bizarre to address the email to the stepmom if the husband is the one who signed it. Like, or if it's from his email address or whatever, like. Absolutely. So my husband switched to a family email address when we were going through court because Karen was making it difficult for us to communicate with the boys' school. And even when as far as calling the school and telling them that they cannot speak to me, even though my husband had already given them approval to speak to me on his behalf. You know, he's at work. He can't be taking phone calls every minute of every day from the school, whereas I'm at home, so I can. But yeah, she she was just next level. Um, he switched to a family email address and that was just to make it more convenient. So all emails to the school are from both of us. Um, oh, that makes sense. And he he was sick of her blowing up his work email and stuff, so made her start communicating through that email address. But she's never addressed me in any of the emails, even though she knows that it's a joint email address. Right. Do you guys, like, sign, like, who sent it on the bottom since it's from both of you, or...? Yeah, so there'll be emails that she's copied into, which are sent to the school, which will be signed from both of us. But if it's them talking about a co-parenting situation, it's just signed by him. Okay. Yeah, that is kind of, it is weird that she would address this um, stepmom, but it like this is fully, it's kind of like the story you were just set, telling about your friend where Karen's copying everything she does. Like it, both of these stories are an insecure bio mom who's just like lashing out any way she can. Yeah, she is. And my best advice for this stepmom is just relax and know that you're not doing anything wrong and this bio mom's just being an absolute Karen about the whole situation and trying to cause conflict. Right. And I don't think that that would hold, like she's concerned about it, like being an issue in court. I don't think that would hold up in court at all. Like a judge isn't going to be like, oh, she thinks it's you. Like that's not, they have no proof. There's no like testimony. Like as long as you guys hold your ground and be like, these emails are not for me. I know what they say, but they're not for me. That won't hold up in court. I don't even think that should be something to worry about. No, absolutely not. Like I said, it was either in last episode or the episode before where I said that I received a message which was word for word what Karen 2.0 had put in an email. I'm not going to then, if our situation went to court, I'm not going to turn around and go, oh, she's the one messaging me through the app just because I have a feeling that she could be. She may have just helped him word the, the message. Right. But even if you did do that, even if it was word for word, I don't even think that would hold up. It's like, you can't, you can't judge it on that. So I wouldn't worry too much about the court thing. No, absolutely not. Even if you are writing the emails, there's no way to prove it. Right. And let's face it, no family court's going to go criminal court over who's writing emails. Right. (laughs) The judge does not care that much. (laughs) No. So... Yeah, this stepmom's got nothing to worry about regardless of the situation and it's bio mom's insecurities. And it's like and so I've I have spoken about how I thought Karen 2.0 was sending the messages. It's not that I am insecure about it. 
like it actually makes me laugh that the message was word for word right (laughs) like I'm not insecure about it you want to be the one to message me sure because I really don't want to talk to my ex (laughs) yeah right that's fine with me (laughs) so yeah it's definitely a a bio mom insecurity that's for sure yes for sure and I mean I feel like the best thing you can do is just do your best not to let it get under your skin because it's not really worth letting her bother you on that level no no. over an email (laughs) not at all but on that note I think that's all we have time for today you think so so thanks for listening don't forget to follow us on instagram subscribe to us on apple or wherever you like to listen and leave us a review thanks for listening bye bye